20 and then I'm like, okay. And then an hour, I'm just like, all right, I'm tired now. It's yeah. Like, talking sucks, dude. I'm sure you can imagine. It's uh, when we tried it, when we started our podcast, it was like the first episode we ever did was three hours long. Yeah. We're like, get a new memory card. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, you know? And then, then you every, quickly, people every guest is not stick, man. And every guest doesn't have hours of stories. And every yeah. guest, sometimes you don't have hours of stories. And it's like, damn, we really blew our load on the first. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think I feel? Because like, I do have people who are just everyday people who have stories. And like my best friend Nate came on. And I was like, you want to talk about when you lit that car on fire? And he was like, no. And I was, and, I, <laughs> and it was on camera. And I was like, right, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Skip. Yeah, skip. All right, let's get this. We're good, Davron. I've been rolling, dude. dude you've been rolling, dude. Cut it all out until now. We can't have people, you know. <laughs> Happy 420. Happy 420. Welcome. Toast to, toast to you, my friend. Hey, Happy toast. 420. Water. I'm uh, I'm doing water this 420. I'm a water guy, too. I'm sober. You're a straight edge. Correct? Mm -hmm. Am I correct in that? Correct. I gather information right before the podcast. I'm like, that's good to know now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Thanks for Sharing podcast. We are brought to you by Rouse at Cherry Hill, Mitsubishi, or Nissan, KO Pest Control, KCB Construction, Pace Roofing, Colt Recording, Hoover Delivery Service, ERT Restoration, the one, the only art history, Black Sparrow Tattoo. I might end up tagging Black Sparrow Seattle and they will message me telling me to stop and I don't care. Four Seasons Landscaping, Sharky's Barbershop, Artie Realty, Bone Marrow, Capital Adjustments, Santini's Grill, A-plus, Insurance at Tyson and Caster, and Ivy Innovations. Holy shit. Yeah. I feel like such an amateur right now. That's all. Don't. No. It's, wow. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. You'll see. You'll you guys see. must be rolling in it. I wish I was rolling in it. No, that's pretty fucking cool, man. We have... Uh, on my podcast, we literally have zero sponsors ever yeah, well, <laughs> of anything. It came to a That's point. pretty fucking cool, man. <laughs> it came to a point because I'm a big podcast fan that I just hear them and I get jealous. Yeah. Because they're on a level of success and I'm on a level of me. So I just hit up well, my buddies who have companies and I'm like, listen, I'm just going to say you sponsors. You have a, a real camera. Yeah. You have real lights on real stands. We make it official. And a real cool picture of yourself. Yeah. You got a light box. I got a light box. Bro. I mean, I'm doing well, dude. I'd say you're doing well. And I'm 32 and live at home with my parents and work at Applebee's, so I'm killing it. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, man. It is. I got employee of the month <laughs> once. In nine years, I got employee of the month once, so I'm really, I'm on fire there, dude. Today, I have the one and only Mad Joe of Wisdom and Chains, and I was very excited for this. Because I had Mark I, in the beginning of this podcast. I was like, you should see if Joe wants to do it. And he was like, yeah, I'll get to it. Then you were at Stress's house. And he was like, yeah, you should check out this podcast. Yeah. Who made it happen, Stress or Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, how much input would you say you had to this? Um, point something percent. Nice. Not more. So Stress it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have suggestions. You don't listen. That's true. That's true. But, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks I'm for inviting you, me. Man. I'm uh, your wisdom and chains. I'm a big fan. I'm not the hugest hardcore fan, but they're in my they're in my wheelhouse, man. Yeah, Love that's it. kind of like our wheelhouse. No, it's mine. It's no, like, like, <laughs> it's like no, it, it's like we like we 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 had to try to figure out where we fit in. 
yeah. hardcore. You yeah. know what I mean? I like the more punky, aggressive, right? Not metal and be like, hey, we're hardcore, right? Like when we when we first started playing, a lot of bands you either sounded like Hatebreed yeah. or you sounded like, um, I don't know, like a just metalcore. Uh, yeah. I. I can't think of any of those bands right now but yeah it escapes you you know just like the bands that were super metal screaming their heads off or super heavy like hate breed style and then we people did not know how to take us yeah we didn't we we had to like really cultivate an audience to to get some traction hardcore it's a very confusing genre it is because i'm like is this what it is i don't know but uh when i think of hardcore i think of wisdom mad ball Comeback Kid's another one I like a lot. Yeah. Then uh, I'm sure they probably went through that too, Comeback Kid. Yeah. Because uh, awesome band. Yeah. They definitely have like a direction. They they know what they want to sound like, but it doesn't sound like it's not easy. Yeah. Hardcore for uh, for like a live setting because your, your audience has to be willing to mosh for parts that aren't like the obvious mosh parts. Exactly. Or you're... You know, you know what I mean? It's it's just like um, you have to kind of trust that people are going to like what they like and just either like you or not. Yeah. So I'm sure Comeback Kid went through similar. I'm sure they did. Too. Growing pains. And uh, yeah, then there's some I don't get. Like everyone swears Lifetime's a hardcore band and I would just. And I Lifetime, love Lifetime. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think they're a hardcore. Yeah, band. that's I never got that either because I again, I, uh, I played a lot of shows with Lifetime, especially in the early days. Yeah. Um, I saw Lifetime a million times and I never understood why they were on the same show with other bands. Like, it they, just didn't make sense to me. They just had the but again, like, props to them for continuing playing those shows Yeah, because it's not easy. No. When, you, when you're playing a, a show where you stick out like a sore thumb, it's not easy. Well, a little bit before the world then, they were like one of the last bands I saw. They played the weekend of my birthday in November, so I saw them at the church. That's awesome. And the tour was called Just a Quiet Evening, and I I am a sucker for dad jokes and puns. Yeah. And I just kept saying the whole concert. I said, you think they're going to play Just a Quiet Evening? And the whole <laughs> concert got done, and I was like, they didn't play it. And someone's like, it was the third song they played, and I just, I don't know where uh, I was. You I were was too busy there. telling jokes. Yeah, I was too busy cracking wise. Not paying attention. But uh, this is why it was a great thing to witness live, because I never saw them live, that they are just like old worker men. And they were just like, <laughs> they played for literally 30 minutes. They are like, all right, we're fucking done. And I was like, wow, really? Dude, they they looked almost identical. To, like, in my memory, <laughs> in, you know, 1994, they were like the exact same band. Yeah. They were 40 yeah. back then, too. Mm. But uh, my favorite part was they played for 30 minutes. They were like, all right, we're done. We got work Monday. This was Friday. <laughs> <laughs> they did an encore, and they played, like, four songs. They were done in, like, 45 minutes. It was oh, very impressive. Oh, that's great, man. And they played a lot of songs, too. And they're not super short. They're not long, either. But it was pretty fun. But uh, you were part of my favorite one-two punch of This Is Hardcore. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I go what i went the past three years and like i said i'm not the hugest hardcore guy there's a lot of bands in hardcore that i do like um but it was you then saves the day right after oh yeah that was, was a good like, one awesome for me that was a good one and i thought someone was gonna die there and saves the day and some kid just passed out on stage i was like this is the most insane shit <laughs> but i was so happy because i was only gonna go saturday i think i went the next day but i was like if wisdom's playing sunday i'm gonna go sunday but you guys played Saturday, right before Saves the Day. Yeah, that was a big one. I mean, props to Joe Hardcore. He, I, I, my band makes fun of me all the time because I say this story over and over. 
on stage at This Is Hardcore. And I'll say it again on your podcast. Please do. <laughs> we have played every This Is Hardcore except one. Wow. How many years has it been going on? I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> but I was at all. But I know we played every single one except one. We were in Europe at the time and we couldn't play it. Mm. And that one, it definitely bothers me that we didn't play that one because not that we would be the only band I could say that, you know. Yeah. Um, but still, I think we gotta have the record. Yeah, I would think it's if you because only missed one. I think you have the record. I think, I think we probably have so. the record. So it's you know for for us as a band, it's our Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's our like that's the holiday for even just hardcore music lovers that's christmas yeah so we get there and we celebrate for that whole weekend and like it's it's such a incredible vibe you couldn't ask for a better setting you couldn't ask for better fans you couldn't ask for better crowd reactions you couldn't ask for just better company in general it's the best so like you know from the beginning we've been slowly steadily climbing up the the rotations, you know what yeah. I mean? The, the, the lineups and like where Joe has been putting us in the last, like, you know, four or five years has just been like, just yeah, amazing. Usually you're like second to last. Maybe not second to last, but it's, it's a good, something. it's a good spot. It's a good yeah. spot to be. So, uh, and luckily people have been responding well at that spot too. Otherwise I'm sure he would drop us, but like, yeah, I'm sure uh, you guys are doing all right. It's, it's, it's really just, a fun it's it's the most fun experience you could have as like a working hardcore band that like does shitty tours and does shitty shows here and shitty you know what i mean it's sort of like a nice reward right in the middle of the year you get this nice reward for all of your work that may feel unappreciated at right. times you and know it what all I mean? comes full circle and it's also a good time of the year every time because it's what usually towards the end of july right yeah it's usually yeah. end of july or uh Early august yeah august, yeah which is good i like to do things in the warmer weather right i don't want to freeze my balls off yeah like the eagles winning the super bowl i didn't really want to go to the parade but i had to go to the parade you had no choice you're yeah. obligated but you guys at this is how you got the home field advantage so it's good that you guys yeah. get the recognition and respect respect that you deserve I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if "deserve" is the right word, but it's, uh, it's definitely. It feels nice to feel appreciated. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years, I have bailed on like the middle of this is hardcore to go to like a pop punk show because I'm like, I'm a bitch. I'm gonna leave, guys, and they were like, "All right, do your thing, buddy." <laughs> and that's just what I'm into, you know. What I mean? That's I was, cool. Uh, yeah, do I'm, you, baby? Yeah, do I you try to do me, dude? But some bands I don't like to miss. Like, like I said, you're one of them. I try to see you guys every time ever since I got introduced, which wasn't like super long ago. But boy, oh boy, did I fall in love. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate that, and I mean. I'll, it's nice to hear from anybody, but it's very nice to hear from people who say I'm not a huge hardcore fan. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but that, for some reason, it's it means that we got legs yeah. outside of the realm of hardcore because hardcore is such a, just a community. It's so, like, closed off and, like, guarded by the people who love it. They don't yeah. want people in. They're like, no, no, it's ours. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. So to be able to like step outside of it and keep continually pull people in from other other areas, um, different 
t- musical taste it's pretty cool yeah. to be able to do that well it's always funny because like i try to explain hardcore music in like a way where it's like like even bands that i really like it's not like household names you know what i mean like you got to understand the whole scope of music like there's the radio and what they play and that's more and i'm clueless about what's on that but like I try to tell people, like, someone asked me, they were like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, I'm going to go see Mayball and Wisdom and Chains. They're like, I don't know what that is. It's someone I work with, like a, <laughs> a young girl. And I'm like, I wouldn't expect you to know what that is. You know what I mean? It's but, weird. Yeah, even yeah. bringing it up to you, like, yeah, I'm like, it's pretty big. It's deal, not going to make dude. any sense yeah. to you, but. <laughs> but uh, no, hardcore is a funny thing, dude. And uh, I remember one, this is hardcore. I met the lead singer of Set Your Goals, which is one of my favorite bands. And I have a huge tattoo on my chest for them. And. I think two weeks ago we talked about, and last week we talked about Never Meet Your Heroes on here. Yeah. I wouldn't say that they're my heroes, <laughs> but they are like up there from my heavy rotation. I remember I, oh, wow. I was like, I was like, hey man, I got a huge tattoo on my chest for your band. And he was like, oh, can I see it? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, all right, man. And that was it. So I was a little like, <laughs> <Yeah>, you <laughs> wanted a bigger <laughs> reaction. Yeah. But I started telling that as a joke on stage. I was like, I was like, you guys know, set your goals. And like, Everyone that I do comedy with, like, none of them are into what I'm into for the majority, you know? Right. So, like, everyone's like, I'd never heard of them in my life, you know what I mean? Which they had a good amount of success. I'm not shitting on them. I said, well, that's the appropriate answer that you guys <laughs> don't know. And I have a tattoo on my chest for these guys and they could give a fuck less, dude. Yeah. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Who knows? You know, I, could I don't. I, we toured with them many years ago. Yeah. Fun band. They had a fun I mean, they had, they definitely were doing good. They were, I, I believe they were the headliners of the tour. Yeah, this be. is so long ago. This is probably 2000, I don't know, eight, yeah, maybe, or when I seven. Up. Yeah, when I graduated <laughs> was, school, I was like, this is it for the rest of, you know, if it's not 90s hip hop or anything from this era, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They were, but yeah, they did good. I don't really remember them as, as you know, humans. Yeah, like you know, I just fine, remember dude. they. It was a fun set. I remember they played a fun set. They had they had a nice crowd come out, and they had they had some some good reactions. Yeah. Well, I remember I saw them live one time, and like it, like it was at the TLA, and the whole thing was just wide open, and people were just throwing haymakers at each other. Really? And yet again, it's like they're so bizarre. Yeah. They're heavier for a pop punk band, but uh, not that heavy, not haymaker yeah, heavy. Yeah, but people were just going fucking absolutely insane. And uh, I remember this one dude was just drunk, and he stumbled up to me, and he just like avoiding all these haymakers just stumbling in the middle of the tla and he said guns and roses man until this day i was like i was like i don't know who that guy is but he's the fucking man yeah yeah um pop punk the world of pop punk is always weird because it's always a bunch of dudes who go to hardcore shows and they're just like i'm gonna wreck somebody yeah like newfound glory is my favorite band i never seen a fight not happen there yeah isn't that weird is this is it a, is it something our mutual friend cody who starts it <laughs> Yeah. Like he'll be tying his I shoes and that. he's like, I got your back. I'm like, from what? Exactly. Something that you're going to start. I got your back from this thing I'm about to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what it is about hard dancing at a pop punk show, but I've seen yeah. that so many times and it's always the weirdest thing. It's like, yeah. is it, is it pop punk guys who have been to a hardcore show and they want to be the toughest dude at a pop punk show? Yeah, <laughs> Or is it, is it just the passion, you know? I don't know. I know. Passionate. I, I wish I could say I'm the toughest dude anywhere I go, but it's just very not true. Pop punk show? No. Yeah, no, no. Not even. <laughs> yeah, no. There's comedy there's, club. Yeah, no. Maybe? Still no. no dude. Yeah, no. My one buddy Ryan, I do comedy with. Like, I think he trained like MMA, like growing up. And I was uh, like, oh, so you're a legitimate problem, dude. Uh, he's a tall, handsome guy too. It's kind of unfair because he's pretty. He's very funny. I won't even say pretty funny. And I'm like, I'm like. 
Look, you're tall, you're a handsome guy, dude. You can and probably you fight. wreck fucking people, dude, you know? So you're big in the jujitsu world, right? <laughs> Great I'm not segue, big, right? I'm not big you're in the jujitsu world. Listen, I, I train jujitsu, yes. I have a brain that processes if, like, one of my boys goes to the gym, I'm like, they're real into fitness. Yeah. So that's how I would just categorize No, it, okay? I train jujitsu, but yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm big in the jujitsu world, but I do follow it as a sport also. And I, and I really love training. And yeah. I love judo and jujitsu. So, yeah. Judo too. Nice. Yeah. yeah, judo is the parent martial art. That is jujitsu is judo. Oh, okay. Judo is the. I'll do a little little information for the the people at home. Judo is jujitsu. That's the that's the original art is judo. Okay. Jujitsu is uh, a branch that focused on ground techniques. Oh, okay. Judo is jujitsu standing up jujitsu is a very focused part of judo that is the the, the ground, ground stuff okay. yeah or newaza they call it and so to to do judo on the ground is to only is jujitsu basically all right um even though all jujitsu matches start standing up right uh taking someone to the ground is part of the the game so yeah. uh a lot of jujitsu guys just cut straight through it and they just literally sit on the ground and yeah. wait till someone walks up to them They're and like, you know, got time to wait but, but yeah judo and jujitsu really complement each other well so if you train one you should definitely train the other words the, of words of wisdom i always try to get drug into jujitsu by somebody you know what i mean and it's just not happening it's once you get it you will be like hooked so but <laughs> until you get it it's a nuisance yeah. until you until it clicks, it's a big nuisance. Yeah. This is already extraneous for me. I'm just like, this is a lot, dude, to sit here and talk to Even somebody. Even this conversation? Yeah. No, no, not the conversation. <laughs> just doing this every week, talking to someone, which is fairly easy. Yeah. Like that, Sharky Strike getting me in. Uh, Joe Hardcore, who I like, I, I guess I met him through the past couple of years of just like hanging out with Sharky and stress and stuff. But uh, like every time I see him, he's like, see you on the mat soon. I'm like, that's never going to happen. You know that, right? Well, he got he got it bad, man. He's real into it. He yeah. got it bad. Yeah, he got like the bug. he he. I I remember him asking me about it before he trained. Yeah, and just asking like, how do you like? Why do you go so many days a week? Or why? Like, what what's better about it that you could learn in four days a week that you couldn't do in like two days a week? Like, do you really get that much better? Or, and it's not even about that. It's about a. Do you like puzzles at all? Yeah. Do you, Right, puzzle guy. You ever get like a puzzle or like a Sudoku, yeah, or uh, whatever, a word search, even anything like that, that just like drives you crazy, and you're mm -hmm. like, you like you just obsess yeah, over it. That's what jujitsu is. So it's like this thing that you just like. There's there's some, you had a problem that you ran up against and you could not figure it out, and it's frustrating and like maddening, and you have to get back on the mat and figure out why this thing worked or didn't work or. Yeah, well, you know. I feel like I would be, uh, I would have a problem with it because I don't know if you know this. I used to do a lot of drugs. I have what they call addictive personalities. I've so, heard. So yeah, so, <laughs> so I've uh, heard. Yeah. No, you know, I watched your comedy uh, special. I appreciate on Prime, that. and it was dope. And I told everybody about it. I am. It brought me very continue. impressed at how short of a time you've been doing comedy and how much good content you could put out 
yeah. in a special. Well, I feel like the more impressive part, the, I am impressed by it myself. I personally am not crazy about it because I could have done so much better two years in. I could have been like, oh, I would have crushed this if I did it now. But it was the whole timing of everything doing it. My buddy had a recording studio, and that's where Mark and Corey do Dumb Ugly, and I got introduced. So it like was all gifted to me, Davron, who records this podcast, like, I know a couple people who do video stuff, and I was like, I want him to do it. Obviously, he's my buddy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I still feel the most impressive part of that was I never even tried to do an hour. Like, literally, that's what it is. That was my first <laughs> attempt at an hour, and it's out there. That is fucking incredible. And you got to have a certain sense of cockiness doing comedy, because I was like, this is better than some stuff Netflix has on there, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. That's the truth. It, it really is. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I was genuinely thrilled that you were like a comedy fan, because like I said, the hardcore world is a weird thing. I'm not saying that they're comedy fans, but it's just, I feel like you can get stereotyped pretty quick. Oh, that you're a yeah. hard ass and hardcore. Yeah. And I've been following you a while on the gram and you always post stuff like by Theo and like Dali and fucking yeah. all the big name comedians. And I'm just like, I'm like, ah, he gets it. I'm a, I'm well, for, I'm a huge comedy fan, like ridiculous, huge comedy fan since I was uh, like four years old. So like my, uh, my first hero that I wanted to grow up and be was Bill Cosby. I wanted to be him so bad. Yeah. Different spin on it now, obviously. Yeah. But like <laughs> as far as like the, like his art. Yeah. Um when like growing up I didn't have a television till I was in sixth grade. We didn't my family didn't own a television. Yeah. So as a real real young kid, we just had a record player and stacks of records. My dad had probably seven Bill Cosby albums and that this is so like little house on the prairie like it sounds fake but i'm i swear I to you that this is this is legit after dinner my family was very religious and we had dinner together every night it was like very like yeah structured like that after dinner most nights the family would leave the kitchen where we ate go over to the living room and somebody would pick a record. Yeah. And I was the the ham of the family. I would stand on a milk crate and I would act out whatever was on the yeah, record. You would recite Bill so Cosby. Nice. if it was Bill Cosby, which most nights it would be Bill Cosby or Stevie Wonder. Usually it was like the, one of those back and forth. Two great choices. And I was just either Bill Cosby one night or Stevie Wonder the next night. And I had songs memorized. I had all his bits and stories memorized. And, um, that's what I wanted to be. Yeah, you were built to entertain then. So yeah, I, I literally grew up like like just doing entertaining my family first and then at yeah. my church I grew up speaking in a church and stuff like that. But nice. there's no better reaction. There's no more not I won't say better, but there's no more concentrated dose of that feeling that you get yeah. than making an audience laugh. Oh yeah. That's the most concentrated dose. It's, it you is get. euphoric, man. So you have an addictive personality. You're yeah. doing the right thing. I also hate myself. So even if I do good, I'm just like, <laughs> that was dog shit. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Like all my friends that do comedy, they're like, I don't know. Especially with COVID, my brother had triplets. So long story short, like places started opening back up and I just like wasn't feeling it. I'm like, I'm going to start doing a podcast. I'm going to get back to it. They're actually doing an open mic tonight and people are hitting me up. They're like, you going to Maniac? I'm like, no. Because I you love doing do it. Yeah, I know. You I love doing it. this. And I kind of babysit Mark, who's a grown man. I drive him here. 
because he doesn't like driving. And I'm like, I guess I'll pick you up, you know? And, uh, yeah, you should do it, man. I think it's important. Yeah, no, I did a show a couple weeks ago and I was happy with how I did. And it was fun time and it was good seeing everyone. Because mm-hmm. I have the typical head of like, if I don't see someone for a while, I'm like, they don't even fuck with me anyways, dude. I don't even know why I'm bothering. But it's a grind. It's definitely a grind. It's clicky. It's hard to get into. Like most things. I tried it for about a year and a half. Yeah, tough. And it's so difficult. Um, me and my friend Bill Dukes decided together. Yeah. was like a friend of ours passed away. And at the funeral, we were like, what are we doing with our lives, man? You know, like, yeah. we got to get out there and chase those dreams. Yeah. So, you know, we both like mutually, you know, agreed like, all right, we always talked about like just trying it. Let's just see what happens. Like, fuck it. We're like, well, all right, let's just find an open mic. We'll set a date and boom. Yeah. So we did it for, I did it for less time than him. He's still doing it. He's oh, still like he? grinding. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I did it for like, maybe it was maybe like a year, year and a half, some somewhere in that realm. I recorded my best set. Yeah. And, and it went really well. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I can, I don't have to do this any, uh, anymore. But it literally was like, the it's the scariest thing I've ever done on a stage. Yeah, you're just up there by yourself. And if it doesn't go well, it's like either panic or fight through it. The the beautiful thing, this is my breakdown of stand-up. Like the, what separates great stand-ups from like everybody else is the best stand-ups are so comfortable with complete silence. They're completely like, yes, soak it in. This is going to make my joke even better. And the best ones just like lean into that silence. And in the world that I'm coming from, silence is you are, nobody likes you. (laughs) It's the worst thing ever is like no crowd reaction, no read, nothing. So... I was like, I had that nervous energy of like, I need to fill every second with talking or stuttering, whatever, you know? Well, I did music forever. I even went to school for music and it just, you know, whatever. You got to be really good to have any, and people have to like you, dude. People got to back you. You've had success in music. It's tough. It's hard. Both things are definitely difficult. but, uh, But I'll tell you this, what makes music easier is having four other guys that you could share the failure with. Yeah. <laughs> so if it doesn't go right, you go in the back and you're like, damn, we sucked. Yeah. Plus the good thing about music is, and I like try to explain this like to my friends, like the difference between that and comedy. I was like, people will usually clap when you're done a song, even if you're bad. Oh yeah. 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 People will give you nothing too. And, uh, like I've had some things like doing that special, for instance, like that was all my friends there. There was like 150 people there. It was all people I knew, which I think might be a little bit harder than an audience. Right. They hear me all the time. So I'm like, I'm like, if this shit doesn't hit, like they've heard this shit before. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. like I'm doing the greatest hits <laughs> yeah. of years of fucking AA meetings and like fucking because most of it was like my sober friends and just people I grew up with and like just everyday talks. I'm like, these people hear me all the time like this stuff. I could see people not laughing. It could have went either way, which I think is like a little harder when the whole yeah. room's like. I think that's, you know, it it worked out to your advantage. I think the the coolest thing about it, of course, you're always going to critique yourself and be like, I could have done this better, could have done yeah. that better. But the coolest thing about it to me is that you did it at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's why it's so impressive. Because how long were you doing it? Like six months or something, six right? Months, yeah. Six months? Yeah. And you did it 
successfully, you know, to to the, the to a degree you did it successfully. It's on Prime. Yeah. And if you guys don't know, you can watch his special on Prime. We got 75 five-star reviews, man. Just Dude, that's I'm fucking amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. But even, so, it's, even stuff like doing this, like it just you have to build it like the podcast kind of took off quicker than stand up for me. And it just mostly cuz I have like my friends on. Yeah. Just people I genuinely find fascinating. I'm like, oh, you know. And it, you don't have to. And when people come on here, people are like, oh, what are you going to interview? I'm like, I don't really do interviews. Wherever the conversation goes, like, I'm genuinely okay with yeah. whatever. If I have to carry the conversation, that's fine. I don't have a problem doing that. Yeah, we don't need any structure like that. But Yeah, I like to keep it free. I like to keep it loose, you know. And uh, Well, I uh, yeah, I just want you to know that, like, once I started... I was researching you, too, please, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I I was very, that was impressive to me. Yeah. Just, I, I when people do something that takes balls or courage and to take, like, a leap of faith into something scary, there's nothing more impressive yeah. than that. Even if it doesn't work, it's impressive. So, to see you do it, and then just keep rolling with it into a podcast and, and other things. Like, that's just, it's cool, man. Yeah. And a lot of my humor does come from going to these hardcore shows a lot because you just see the contradictions of life of just, <laughs> I guess, having a belief in one thing so passionately. Like, I don't think it was on the special, but I was doing a joke about uh, people who were real into Satan for a while. <laughs> but, like, I do, like, a typical thing I would see at, like, this is hardcore. People would be like, hail Satan and fuck racism. I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Be like, Satan would be down with that shit. Not to be. Yeah, like, vegan Satan worshipers. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm the like, weirdest thing ever. Yeah, I'm like, I think Satan's pretty cool with racism, dude. So, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I like the stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. It's just the whole energy. I still remember. And I think I talked about it on here. I probably definitely did. But uh, I was at, like, an open mic. And it's like how much the hardcore community is loving, but like so many people just don't know about it. Like I was at an open mic and I guess this was after John Joseph did Rogan. Cause uh, one comedian who's like into punk and stuff, he was like talking about the Chromax and I didn't really know him and I'm a nerd. I was just trying to make friends. And I was like, Oh, it was when they played at champs a couple years ago. It was like literally that weekend. I was like, I just saw him over the weekend. He was like, all right, cool, man. I was like, you're not freaking the fuck out that I know who the Chromags are, dude. <laughs> I was like, you can ask anyone else on this, but they're going to be like, mister, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. I was like, I understand it's a big deal, but it's just. No, that's like when, and when somebody you're supposed to have, like, that's supposed to be like a connection that just yeah. happened where you're like, your eyes like, let up. Like, you're hey, like, man, you know, you Chrome X. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, I don't give a fuck that you know what I'm talking about. I was uh, like, oh, man, are you trying to get pussy or something? Because I don't think you talking to these. <laughs> I don't know. There's like a thing that happens. Where you see somebody wearing a mad ball shirt, yeah. When you're in, when you're not at your home, mm -hmm. when you're like in another state or yeah, another country like, oh or something, God, <laughs> you see somebody with a mad ball shirt, and you're like, yeah, family. You know, yeah. it's like if that's supposed to be a real thing. So I've had two instances when I worked merch for Mad Ball. Uh, some dude came up to me with the logo tattooed on his hand. Oh, nice. And are you familiar with Mayhem Loren? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He opened up. The I did show. a show with him actually one time. Oh, yeah. awesome. Great guy. I shared a merch booth. We talked very little, but he was super nice. And uh, so he opened up the show. And this dude, he was like a Spanish dude. And he had the Mayball logo tattooed on his hand. He was like, I fucking love Mayball. And I was like, all right. And Mayhem Loren was on. He was like, is this them now? And I was like, I feel like you should know the difference if you have a tattooed on you. <laughs> and my second instance was I was wearing an Iron Maiden shirt in 7-Eleven. And some other dude walked in wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. And I was like, nice fucking shirt, man. And he was like, 
all right, man. It was the Chromax thing all over again. He was like, all right, who cares? See, I, now Iron Maiden is like the next level, though. You know what yeah. I mean? And that might just be a fashion statement for some it people. It could be, because yeah. I think Rihanna has an Iron Maiden shirt, too, that I've seen her yeah. in. But uh, th- there's like hardcore is so specifically exclusive. Yeah. Iron Maiden isn't quite exclusive. Yeah. It's more of like, you know, they're playing stadiums and shit. Exactly. Hardcore is like... That's such a condensed version of that. You know what I mean? Right. If you see somebody, Madball is even maybe because Madball is incredible and like one of the ambassadors. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. So I say Madball specifically because they're the ambassadors. They're like the, you know, the epitome of like a hardcore band. Yeah, that's what I'm trying see, to describe to people. I'm like, Madball is probably like, that's what you want to look for if you want to have any idea of what I'm talking about. It's that. Yeah. If you see somebody wearing a a Killing Time shirt. Yeah. That's now that's I'm more saying. exclusive. Yeah. That's like, oh shit. You know Killing Time? Like, because that's like, they, they, they never achieved the level of success that Madball did. Yeah. But if you're a hardcore fan, you know Killing Time. So seeing as you're a hardcore dude, I had this conversation with uh, Cody one time because it was just a random thought. We were hanging out at his house. I was like, man, how good was Rage Against the Machine? And he was that guy for a second. He was like, his first band was better. So I'm still learning oh. about hardcore inside out. Yeah, no, no, uh, they yeah, weren't. No, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, they weren't better. And Inside Out was dope. Yeah, I was like, but no, they weren't I better. Like, I was like, don't be that guy, dude. And uh, I bring I, that up just because I was listening to Bulls on Parade on repeat today. I'm like, what a good song, dude. It's a great song. But yeah, and I went on a rabbit hole of people covering it, and Denzel Curry did the best version. I don't know if you ever saw really? that. Yeah, no, he, I didn't. He killed it, but there was a lot of people who did it, and it's not like amazing. But who the fuck am I? Like Machine Gun Kelly did it. And it really? wasn't. It just wasn't that good. I'm not talking shit on Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like, he shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm a Rage Against the Machine fan. I love Rage Against the Machine since uh, I, I don't know ninth grade or something, eighth yeah. grade. Well, I'm a big don't argue with success guy. Like as much as nowadays, I kind of like Tom Brady, but back in the day, in the prime, like I hated Tom Brady. But I'm also not going to be like, well, he's not the best. Because he was clearly the best quarterback <laughs> to ever play the game. Yeah. So I'm not an argue with success guy. So when Cody was like inside out was better, I was like, well, that's just not true. Yeah. Because Rage Against the Machine, everybody knows who they are. Yeah. Inside out was like, you know. A hardcore band. It's a hardcore yeah. band. Yeah. <laughs> like he, they took the same like passion and whatever, you know, po- political lyrics and things like that and put it into a monster truck yeah. of of just funk and fucking yeah, and rock just and made fucking sound effects over yeah everything and it was great yeah that's all uh no i don't think that inside out was better yeah <laughs> he's a tough that's guy funny. he's a tough guy to talk music with because he'll just he'll just hate for the sake of hating you yeah. know what i mean i love him to death he's like my best friend of me dude yeah. Like, I love that dude to death, but I will just always talk shit on him. Whenever the opportunity arises, I'll be like, I'll be like, fuck him, dude. Here's the cool thing about hardcore. Okay. Let's take gloves off. Okay. Great band. It's a great band. Yeah. Like, amazing band. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with these guys. Yeah. They are amazing. You can tell me the truth if you want. So, <laughs> yeah, where do you go? Yeah, where do you go? No, no, I, I really do. I, I really do believe they're an amazing band. Yeah, they are. That's hardcore. 
and so is Wisdom and Chains. Yeah. And if you played them side by side, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you play Gorilla Biscuits side by side, it's apples, oranges, and plums. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's they, like they are also on my list of bands that I just love in the hardcore world. I just love them. Dude, amazing band. I got great footage from uh, Hate Five Six. Not that I got the footage, he got it of me falling on my face. Oh, yeah? Hey, yeah. Gorilla Biscuits? At, yeah. Uh, Keystone Jam, the last one that happened. I jumped off stage and. This happened during This Is Hardcore during Saves the Day. I jumped off stage twice. I've jumped off stage and everyone moved out of the way. Like, I'm your size. And they're like, this guy's a fucking problem. Let's make sure he face plants. Oh, that's like, so wow. hard to watch, man. Yeah, I weigh 10 pounds, dude. It was pretty easy that's to just so get hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, when does this air? Tomorrow. Okay. Then I have something I will tell you after this recording is finished. Okay, that's fine. And I won't leak it. Okay. Maybe I'll tell Mark. Mark will probably be here when we talk about it. Mark. Hey, man. Getting kicked out of gloves off. Was it hard? <laughs> Bro, yeah. I deserved it. You did deserve yeah, it. You're definitely, fucking yeah. definitely a piece of shit. When he uh, quit, I just told everyone he got kicked out, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what happened? And I'm like, they just had a falling out. Yeah, we, he tried to start the room, but nobody gave a fuck. Yeah, nobody yeah. cared. Nobody cares. So nobody well, we're, we're talking about the different degrees of hardcore and how hard it is to find people to just have an interest you know yeah. what i mean yeah like i could talk about mayball at work which is epic in my opinion yeah and people i work with are like i don't know yeah. what you're talking about yeah. i'm like well you should it's so funny trying to explain to someone who doesn't know hardcore and i've done it a million times in yeah. my life oh you're i heard you're in a band yeah yeah i'm in a band what oh what, what kind of music do you play so now i have a choice <laughs> Yeah. Am I going to say hard rock? Yeah. Which is something I know they'll understand. Yeah. But it's also going to invoke, uh, you know, images of like, you know, rat or yeah. fucking, what, you know yeah, what I mean? Let's not talk shit on rat. Dude. Def <laughs> Leppard or something. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, in re reality, like, I don't know what they're, when I say hard rock, are they thinking like Nickelback? Like, what are they thinking? I don't know what they're. I usually say punk. I'm like punk rock, you know. Punk rock is good. I so or, or I can say hardcore. Yeah. If I say heavy metal, well, I think that this is what they say when they hear. Hardcore. When I say heavy metal, they go, "Oh, like you know, like kill your mother, kill your father." They yeah. they always say that. That's like a world, the universal thing. Oh, heavy metal, like kill your mother, kill your father. Yeah, that's exactly what they and when say. When people say that to me, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I love that. <laughs> yes, shit. Kill your mother, kill your father. <laughs> kill your mother and your father. Yeah, that's my shit, dude. Oh my God, or I could just say hardcore and try to explain it. Yeah, and then we get oh hardcore oh like like uh like disturbed, and I'm like no yeah. no not like disturbed like uh you know uh I and a lot of times I settle on this I go you ever heard Metallica yeah yeah you ever heard the Ramones yeah I'm like we're like somewhere in between Metallica yeah. and the Ramones that makes sense I'm like that's kind of you know that's kind of what my band sounds like. like that's a good way to put it man I don't know how else to put it because. If they do know, even if they do know hardcore and they've never heard of, of Wisdom and Chains, it's still kind of hard to explain to somebody yeah. what my band sounds like. So, I we don't really, we sound like a little bit of everything, I guess. I don't know. The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I listened to a lot of Wisdom because for the whole two weeks after the NFC Championship game, I only listened to music from the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia <laughs> nice. area. So, it was a lot of Wisdom, uh, a lot of Little Dicky, a lot, what a, of, what a lot of Dumb Ugly, and a lot of Hall of Notes. What a glorious time that was. It was. Glorious. It was the best time of my life, as I, I discussed on the special. And I love that now, whenever you see compilations of 
greatest NFL plays of all time or whatever. Like yeah. the Eagles Super Bowl. Uh, the Philly Philly. Philly Philly is on every list of like greatest football plays of all time. Yeah. That is one of the greatest plays ever on a football field. And now it's a hot dumpster fire, man. Yeah, it don't matter. We want a Super Bowl, yeah, baby. What are you going to do, man? We want I'll take it. Like, we, you know, we waited our whole lives for that. So that was one of my favorite shirts is the Wisdom and Chain Sixers rip. The Liberty Bell with the snake. Oh, yeah, that was a yeah, good one. Yeah. Did you ever see the Phillies one we did? No. Nah, we I did a we did we did a really nice Phillies rip. Uh where the the D in the wisdom is the P flipped I upside down. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite rips we did. Yeah. Um oh, and then we did the bird gang after the after the victory. I know. We I'm supposed nice to be getting a wisdom hoodie and I don't know. Mark, are we ever getting our hoodies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're over at, at uh nameless? Yeah. He's the, only ten minutes yeah. So it's hard to get there. <laughs> It was the charity hoodies, then, which everyone should, you know, I don't know if you can get them still, but give the money anyways. But uh, <laughs> just get the money anyways. Yeah. Now, we ordered the money, uh, the hoodies, when they came out. And it, like, up until last week, I was like, I've seen people wearing them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they're out now. Them. You should have them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he was like, I don't think they're made yet. I was like, <laughs> this was two months ago. Uh, no, I do know somebody who got, I know somebody who got one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I saw people so, on the, the gram wearing them, and I was like, okay. I was like, those are definitely the hoodies that we ordered. I would like mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have many pink hoodies. I like to dress. I've been told by my friend Naeem that I dress like a black man, and Naeem is pretty much as black as you can get. And yeah. It's like, you dress like a black dude. And I was like, that's right, man. I wear Easter colors all the time. It's one of the privileges. <laughs> yeah, that's black not, privilege. Yeah, I have black. Black privilege well is being able to wear Easter colors. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> that's why I tattooed my whole body every color, and I was just like, "I'm sick of being white, dude. Let's just take it up a notch, man." <laughs> I got, I got into like wearing colors like over the last like maybe like six or seven years. Yeah. I've slowly been like wearing. You know what happened? I saw. I, I was looking at pictures through the years and I couldn't tell what year the picture was from yeah. because I was wearing the same fucking thing black t-shirt black t-shirt yeah. cargo shorts sometimes camouflage yeah. sometimes just tan nah, yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way dude I get you know what I mean? and I'm like oh my god I know the uniform, we all look man. the same what the fuck we all look exactly the fucking same so there's nothing wrong with that either it's just I wanted to if if you're like as like the the face of a band, you yeah. know what I mean. I feel like looking completely anonymous. Again, I know what I look like. I'm not anonymous. I'm pretty recognizable. I think, but like, I think there's something to presenting yourself as a like this is this is an event for me. I take this serious. I want you to believe that I'm taking this performance I'm about to do seriously. Yeah. So. Let me dress appropriately. Let me make it look like a, like an event. You so I started look, wearing like a little nicer shirts and yeah, different a type of clothes. Business cash. I've seen you on business stage. cash. Nice yeah, little button up on. Yeah. There. yeah, I'm going to work. Yeah, I get to bring my little briefcase. Yeah. Put it on the drum riser. Yeah, dude, but that's where it's at. I like to present it as like it's it's special to me. I want people to remember it. I want people to be impacted by whatever I'm about to say. So I want to look like I'm about to say something that means something. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that 
and and I actually that's some advice that I got from uh, from a front a front man I respect a lot. There you go. Okay, we're not told me that. Dropping here. And this front man who I respect a lot told me some advice. He said, "You are what you present yourself to be." Absolutely. He goes, never forget, you are that. To the person who's watching you, you are what you present yourself to be. Exactly. So if I'm presenting myself to be <clears throat> like boring as shit, then yeah. I'm boring as shit. Black t-shirt and camo. So <laughs> I, if I, if I want to like look like I have something important to say and I present myself like I have something important to say, for a certain listener, it's going to go farther, you know? Absolutely. Makes sense so, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you for not name dropping. I would do it at the drop. I want so bad. Yeah, it's the right there. The I'd be like, you know who the fuck I know, man? Yeah. <laughs> nah. It's yeah, even funny. I'll tell you. Okay. Without name dropping, <laughs> I'm going to say this. This is not someone I know personally, but I'll say someone who influenced me greatly is D. Snyder, Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister, yeah. Okay. I always was like clowning on Twisted Sister. Yeah. They as like a young, young man. I never bothered listening to Twisted Sister. I ne I didn't know anything about history of Twisted Sister. I didn't. This is not my music. I don't listen to this. My bass player at the time, Big Show, was like, "You don't fuck with Twisted Sister," and I was like, "No, I don't. Why would I listen to that?" Let me school you. And he's like, "Please, you have to listen to Twisted Sister." Play me a couple songs. I was like, "Yeah, it's dope." And he's like, "We were playing a festival with them in." France. Oh, nice. Called Hellfest. And they played like maybe an hour after we played on on the main stage. We played on like the, the hardcore stage. They played on the main stage about an hour later. And he was like, dude, I will you must be there. He's like, please, 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 you must be there. So we watched we watched Slash and his band, yeah. and then Twisted Sister came on that stage next. And I'm telling you, it was, as a front man, it was transformative, I guess yeah. is the word. It can change your life, man. He is one of the greatest front men I've ever seen, ever. And I don't mean that funny or ironic or any other way than he is incredible. Yeah. His voice is incredible. His energy is incredible. His fucking moves, his like fucking physique, like he's incredible. He is this dude. His whole life is built around being the shit on stage. And he gets on a stage and he is the shit. Yeah. Not a single eye in the in this whole uh, festival could look anywhere but at him. He was incredible. So it definitely like there, there's a few stages where I had to like step my game up because I realized I was whack. Yeah. And that was one of them. That was one of those moments where I was like, I got to do better. Yeah, I got to be more Holy like shit. D. I can't move. This guy's like in his 50s at the time. Like for sure he was in his 50s, maybe 60s even. I don't know. But I can't move like him. And I'm like, you know, 30 or whatever I was at the time. I'm like, I can't. I can't run back and forth and sing like that. And I'm I'm like the hardcore guy. I'm supposed yeah. to be like this fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely a professional man. Yeah, he's a pro, man. And yeah. and that that was one of those moments that changed me. I didn't have a conversation with him, but he 
He I would taught me a lot. If I were you, I would have been like, hey, and listen, you help me out a lot. Yeah. I'd been like, all right, I don't care. I'd be like, I got this tattoo for you. He'd be like, I don't give a fuck. You know? yeah. But uh, now, as far as music wise, I think like uh, just generational talents. I think like the two that I've seen, I've seen Hall of Notes live, which was great. That's uh, awesome. I saw Paul McCartney live, and that blew my fucking mind till this day. I'm just like, yeah. that was amazing. I don't think people realize. I'm like, you know, this dude's a fucking Beatle, right? <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of friends who are Beatles haters. They're like, they just weren't that good. I'm like, yeah, but they, yet again, it's a Rage Against the Machine thing all over again. I was like, yeah, yeah they sure. are that good. They kind of change music. Um, I, I went back and forth on the Beatles for my, my life, but I'll tell you where I'm at right now. I saw that movie yesterday. Did you watch that? Yeah, it was very good. Okay. I can't believe how many cool songs the Beatles have. Yeah. And before that movie, I knew all of these songs. Yeah. I knew they were all Beatles songs. I knew they were good songs, but hearing them played by that dude in the movie, yeah. for some reason, made something click in my head. And I was like, like oh, shit. oh, shit, the Beatles are dope. Why the fuck would I ever say the Beatles aren't dope? <laughs> like, is, the is. Beatles are fucking the Beatles. Yeah. They're the Beatles. Yeah. That's why they say, oh, they're the Beatles of whatever. Because yeah. they're the Beatles. Or we're going to be bigger than the Beatles. It's kind of like the... Yeah. That's the benchmark. Yeah, like, the benchmark. So why would I even... This is silly that I'm even saying they're not. I get why uh, my, my guitar player, Richie, my, my, uh, and Wisdom and Chains, yes. hates on the Beatles. Uh, and I'll tell you guy. why. He says that it's, it's nothing to do with their music. It's because they created a formula, a boy band formula for making music. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Here's your songs. Go. But I think that's a very... Uh, Rude. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a very accurate portrayal of the Beatles. I get it why he's saying that, but I, I don't think that's... I think it's a little short-sighted right. because they went through regardless of their boy band image they went through stages of mature uh, maturation yeah and i mean they turned were into a band that couldn't even tour anymore after their like fourth album you know what i mean and they yeah. made seven more after that they're like we are so famous that we can't even play shows anymore yeah that's insane that's incredible yeah yeah Beatles. So yeah, I give. I'm sorry for all the bad things I ever said about the Beatles. It's all right. Man. Well, <laughs> the Beatles but that's if you didn't see that movie, Great fans movie. out there, podcast fans everywhere. So yesterday cool. is so cool and such a original idea of a movie. Like what a crazy concept. Ed Sheeran was good in it too. He was. Yeah. He's a talented man himself. Yeah. And the dude, like the 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 yeah, he was star of the movie, movie, was like. Wow, this guy's fucking amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting concept, too. Yeah, very cool Good concept. It's crazy. Crazy. I don't want to live in... This was the same thing when I saw them live of just that, how it clicked for you. Yeah. And I am a Hollow Notes fan, and I was just like, they wrote this song, too? Like, even songs that are, like, so mainstream. I'm like, how did I not know that they wrote this song, too? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. but I think Daryl Hall has lost his mind because he just rambled about things for hours. And I was really? Like, What's going on here? You know what I mean? Do you watch his show? Uh, I've watched a couple Darryl's of Daryl's house. It depends on who's on it. It's pretty cool. Like he did it with Jim Clay Sears, and I was like, that's cool. I'll watch that. I'm sure he's done it with other cool I people. I like the, uh, just his backup band that just like fucking, I don't yeah, know if he pays them or if they just hang out and I'm sure wait they, for some you know, cool shit to break out. They probably show up for the clout. They're like, yeah, I'll be on Daryl's show, dude. For the clout, you yeah, say? for the clout. 
There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of man will do. Cloud chasers. Cloud. I am a cloud chaser myself. You know what I mean? Um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I would. I would be so intimidated, like Daryl's house. Like the the way they play yeah. that that type of musicianship is so far above anything I'm even yeah. capable of. Where you could just, dude, he could have you guys on. Maybe he'll feel some Pennsylvania love. He'll play Land of the Kings on there, and he'll just do it himself, dude. That would be an interesting. That would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> All time great song, man. I was happy I found that clip of my face in front of your face. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, that was I love when it. you guys played with Madball at the. It was supposed to be at the church. That was at uh, the Fillmore, the whatever is above it, the Foundry, where it got because of the snowstorm, right? Yeah. yeah. And I had all of Mark's equipment in my car. Then I had to pay to get in, which I'm not usually that guy, but every once in a while, I just don't want to pay. Yeah. You got to pay. And I was like, I have the bass player of gloves off stuff. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But what are you going to do? It was a great show. I remember I was in the bathroom and Eddie Leeway was in the bathroom and he was like, it's snowing out. And I was like, yeah, I fucking know guy. And he was like, he's like, it's a nightmare. And I was like, do you just have talks with strangers in the bathroom all the time? And the answer is yes to that. Yeah. Interesting guy. Yeah, I can see that happening yeah, a I'm lot. Sure, yeah, I'm sure you're a daily occurrence. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, what was it? My mom keeps up to date on the podcast, and uh, she is very funny because uh, she was like, who's going to be on? And I said, Joe, he's the lead singer of Wisdom and Change, and she was like, I know who they are. And I was like, nice. yeah, good job. But last week was funny because Novak was on, and my mom's like, who's on? I was like, my buddy Brandon. And she was like, oh, What's he about? I was like, he's kind of famous, you know? And then she went on his Instagram. She was like, you know, he has half a million followers. I was like, I do know he has half a million followers. I wasn't lying when I said that. Yeah. So wow. shout out, shout out to my mom who people want her to be a guest on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a quality guest. It could be a fun one or it could be torture for me. Who knows? You know I, mean? <laughs> I feel like she would try to embarrass me and it just wouldn't work because I really wouldn't care. I would be like, oh, okay, whatever. Hey, she's do it. Great woman, dude. She knows who Wisdom and Chains is. So she's pretty, That's crazy, man. She's down, dude. She takes interest in stuff, dude. So, yeah, what else, dude? You're playing Saturday. I'm pretty excited for that. I'm 95% sure I'm going. Yeah. There's a 5% chance I don't go. I have a feeling that you will. Yeah, I think I will end up going. After I tell you my secret and special news. Oh, uh, then I'll report on it Saturday. I'll be like, guys, you won't believe it. You won't believe this. <laughs> uh, so this will be our first show since January 2020. Yeah. Um, the last, I'm pretty sure, the last shows that we did were uh, the Persistence Tour. That was over in, in Europe. Europe. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was the last shows we did as a band. So... I mean, you know, everybody had. It's funny when people are talking about what they've been up to over like the the quarantines and yeah. all of the shutdowns and things, because it's the same story. Yeah, from everyone. I did nothing, but and I people got a say people say it like it's like news. You know, like yeah. we haven't played a show since uh, like I know since we all played. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know, we get it. None of but, us, have done like, it. but this is uh. To be asked to play this show feels very, it it just feels fucking cool. Yeah, it's It's exciting. It feels like it's going to be before we, you know, I was going anyway, and it just felt like, whoa, this is historic. There hasn't been a hardcore show in New York City in 
over a year and yeah. the first one back is Madball in the park yeah. like holy shit so be like cool. being able to be included in that is just well, fucking I awesome toying it's wild, around man. with going because I saw it was Madball and Murphy saw and both those bands have been nothing but nice to me and then you guys got at it and I was like because oh. we were all supposed the whole podcast crew we were supposed to go see a movie and I was telling stress about it I was like I might go to the movies I don't know and he's like what movie you're gonna see I was like it's real nerdy he's like I like Star Wars I was like this is next level beyond what you're even prepared for if Star wow. Wars is what you're hitting me with what is it we're all big into anime there's this thing called Demon Slayer mm. so they have a movie for it coming out Saturday. very nerdy yeah it is very okay. nerdy <laughs> Yeah. Very nerdy. That's just the tip of the iceberg, dude. Uh, well, but I think seeing Wisdom and Chains of Mayball and Murphy's Law in a park might be, you know. Plus, I mean, going to New York, it's a little bit of an experience and it's an adventure. Yeah. After two years, a year and a half of doing nothing. Yeah, I, I think that people are going to be so. I don't know what to expect. I really don't. I think. So, do you guys people, still play Land of Kings when you're not in Pennsylvania? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you? For sure. Oh, I don't know if we will on, on Saturday. Cause we, it's a short set. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely. That's always like a. Yeah. It doesn't. It does well in, in every. You know, most places too. But outside of Pennsylvania, it doesn't do as well. But people know it. People love to sing along and support. Right. And you'd be surprised, like how many people <laughs> have been to the, the lamest vacations of their lives in Pennsylvania just because of that song. And they feel a need to tell you. But they're like, like, oh, we came to Pennsylvania. All oh, Land of Kings was so great. And uh. You know, they're in, you know, whatever. Yeah. Wap Wallopin, yeah. Pennsylvania or it's something. A, it's like, a very here thing. Like, if you, you know, because especially doing stand up, like everyone's like, you either got to go to LA or New York. I'm like, I think I won't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, love it here I don't too know much. how. And I don't think that matters anymore ever since all this happened because everyone moved out of LA. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think it matters anymore. So yeah. I'm LA and New York just seems like so. Uh, the world's not built that way anymore. Yeah. It's not built that way. If you, it, I think the the most important thing is just having something to say, yeah, and having a way for people to hear what you have to say. If growing up in New York gives you like a an edge. crazy life or an yeah. edge or a perspective that you can't get anywhere else, then yeah, sure, maybe that would be helpful. But obviously, you've got an edge, you've got perspective, you've got experiences that are unique to you yeah. that people will resonate that will resonate with people. So I think that's the important thing is just having the perspective that, and the internet kind of takes care of everything else. Yeah, that is true. The internet is, uh, I try to hustle and I like talk to people who are internet savvy, like uh stresses brother shout out. Sev is very internet savvy when it comes to social media. And he explained to me like the work that goes into it. I was like, oh, I can't do all that. Yeah. Mostly because it's work, and I do not like work. I know that sounds very <laughs> terrible, but I'm just like, oh, Jesus, you want me to do what now? I'm like, can I just post it and it just goes viral somehow, like just out of a miracle? Yeah, does that happen? That yeah. does happen. Yeah, but. that's my goal in life is that I feel like something, I'll just luck my way into something. So I'm feeling pretty confident about that. <laughs> any minute now. Yeah, any any minute now. But I like, I like, I love being in the Philadelphia area. There's like some really great Philly comics who did just fine being philly comics yeah and i don't think they can give any of the credit to new york or la even though they may have ended up there i think the being a philly comic has its own value yeah well you shane, know what i mean shane gillis is like plucking all of them and he's making like killer skits and they're just so funny and uh, yeah he like moved for for new york like right after i started comedy so i never got to meet him that's a bit of a bummer uh 
Jay Okerson. He's great. He's one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like, mm-hmm. like in a, yeah. he's made me laugh harder, possibly than any other human. He is pretty ever. funny, and he's been posting a lot of clips lately of, I guess, just like older stuff. And he's just like, yeah, I might as well just post it out there, dude. But uh, that's a funny dude, man. He's a very funny guy, dude. He probably would like wisdom and chains he seems like a dude who if you were like you know what hardcore music is he would get it he'd be like yeah i know what that shit is he does a lot of like weird he does a lot of like metal tours like yeah like cruises and things like that like i don't know if you know this jim brewer used to open for metallica uh, yeah, I did know Metallica that. Yeah. Go on tour, and the opening act would just be Jim Brewer. And I'm like, how nerve-wracking is that? Because that's Metallica. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's millions of people. And Jim Brewer yeah. seems like the nicest. I, that would be nerve-wracking if you were a band opening yeah. for Metallica, let yeah. alone a just guy just up guy there like, like, trying to make people laugh. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. I think I made the joke with stress. I was like, yeah, I'm actually opening the show Saturday. And he was like, that would be hilarious. I said, that would be a fucking nightmare. Dude. <laughs> well, you know who's opening the show Saturday is actually a reggae band. Oh, awesome. I think so, I knew that already. The Capturers, um, it's a dope band from what I can hear. I All, all I heard of them is online so far, but, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. But, cool. but, again, a little tough gig paddling upstream yeah. <laughs> as a reggae band trying to hype up a hardcore show. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why it's a little people. Probably easier than a comedian trying to hype up a hardcore show. Yeah. But... Still, you know, well, stress always tries to throw me into like hardcore related things. He's like, you should open this. I'm like, I would get murdered before I left. No, absolutely not. Because I can't <laughs> not make, especially the corny joke that only I'll laugh at. Like, well, I fucking, if any band has a slogan, I've done it with wisdom. I'll admit it. But uh, me and I fucking, I'll call Mark and it's just like a real annoying thing. I'll be like, I'll be like, but they say nothing in nature respects weakness. And I said, <laughs> I'm pretty weak. And things in nature have respect to me. And he's like, he's like, you got a point. He's like, you won't say that on the podcast. I'm like, I'll say it on the podcast. <laughs> but I just love stuff like that. And I feel like some, there would be some super fan who would be like, what do you mean? Don't fucking besmirch my favorite band shit. And I'm just like, I'm not. People take this shit serious, yeah, man. Do, man. People really take it to heart. Well, my all time favorite thing ever was, uh, it was one year at This Is Hardcore. And it wasn't like a beef or anything. I think it was just a dude at the time who was just like, man, fuck Mark, man. And you came out <laughs> and I think this dude's like a super wisdom fan and he's a super like terror fan. And you came out and did a song with him wearing Mark shirt. I'm like, that had to feel pretty good. Oh. If you're a petty man like me, <laughs> I would just be like, I'd be like, oh, fuck me. But your hero's wearing my shirt, dude. Mm. So fuck you. <laughs> it bumped me up. Mark, I, care less. I was like, I was like, that's pretty funny. That, that dude said, fuck you. I hate the, um, I hate like just bandwagon mentality it makes me so fucking like trust me i hear you i I just fucking hate it man i hate when people all jump on a thing and that's like the whole motor driving like cancel culture is this whole like yeah that's the that's the engine of it is like people's willingness to just be like oh i we're, oh, we're, do, we're doing that now? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, fuck that. I'm outraged. And it's just such a silly thing. So, like, I yeah, I don't, I don't remember this specific incident you're talking about. Yeah. But, like, if I heard it, I may have worn the shirt on purpose because yeah. of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely didn't hear it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was I, just th- a great coincidence. That kind of stuff makes me so fucking angry. Hello. How you doing? Hi. Uh, it it just annoys me when when people are willing to just like say a blanket statement and expect a 
throngs of yeah. people to follow them, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not my bag. Like, not my cup gonna, of tea. Are going to try and get behind me on this? And everyone's like, nah, I'm good with not getting behind you. I don't want to get behind you. I don't want to. All that, You know what I know? I know that this is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I like him more than I like you. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I talk a lot about on this. I try not to have an opinion, especially on people, because I'm proven wrong all the time. Because if I do not like something, it's a preconceived notion of something I just made up in my head. Right. So anyone who ever watches this, like, he doesn't fuck with me. It is something, like, no one has ever done me any wrong. It's not like, ah, fuck that guy. It's just like, you know, just my perception of someone being, right. that's what I like to call too much. Like, if you're too much, I'm like, oh, that's too much, and that's dramatic. Yeah. But I'm usually wrong about that Here, reason. Usually most people are nice for the most part, believe it or not. Here's a thing that happened at This Is Hardcore years prior to that. There was a, I can't remember which black man was murdered by police at this particular incident, but it was when it was right around the beginning of Black Lives Matter movement when it was important for some people to say Black Lives Matter. And then there was other people who were saying who didn't quite understand it yet because this is a new concept of the statement. Okay. And there's other people who said, but all lives matter. Correct. But But that's not the issue right now. The issue is like, you know, there's so many analogies. I don't have to go through it. The issue is we're acting like that. They all do. So why is this? Let's focus on this one that seems like it's being treated unfairly. So uh, at This Is Hardcore, Siv from Gorilla Biscuits said all lives matter on stage. He said black lives matter. All Lives Matter. He said it like those two things back to back. Yeah. I love Siv, man. Yeah. That dude is not. He didn't mean anything by it. No, he seems like he didn't mean a, nice. he did not. He, he didn't mean it derogatorily towards anybody. He just yeah. said this thing, which is factual. And as a friend, I support him because he's my fucking dude. And I love his lyrics. And he's been preaching anti-racist shit his whole yeah hardcore career so yeah don't you know we're all here to see gorilla biscuits you morons you're really gonna you you're really gonna like attack this guy because he said this thing so the next chance i got in philly i said something about it uh because i believe it was the next day actually on this is hardcore when we played and I said something about it on another show at the church, but there was like this element that's trying to like push their way in constantly of like yeah. the most correct people on earth. We are the most correct ones. Yeah. And no, you're not, man. They're just clueless. Everybody's fucked up, man. We're all yeah. fucking fucked up. Hardcore kids. Like, what are you talking about? We're all fucking morons. That whole situation like just drove me nuts. Cause obviously I do agree with black lives matter. Cause I'm not a monster. You know what I mean? But also, <laughs> My favorite thing, and this is like a very punk rock thing. It got popular now, especially with, uh, but like people with like a cab and stuff. And I'm like, uh, so what's that mean? Always carry a Bible. And people are like, no, it's all cops are bastards. And my favorite thing to follow up with, I was like, my dad was a cop, you know, and he did a pretty good job raising me yeah. like in a household with no hate. Like that blows people's minds. They're like, they're like, but your dad should be, by my own opinion, a piece of shit. I'm like, well, he's not. He's the yeah. nicest dude ever. It's a blanket statement, dude. Yeah. It's a blanket statement. Sounds cute and all. Yeah. All cops are bastards. 
All right. Like, what are you fucking, you know what I mean? Are, are you on like a, what's that, what's the, 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 remember Inspector Gadget? Yeah. The what's the, yeah, what was his team? His team was called, uh, uh, oh. like Venom or what, I don't know, whatever the fuck they were called. I think like, it was called you know what I mean? Like, like, what are you, you're all this thing. Yeah. You're only this. You yeah. never branch outside of this mentality. Right. Really? Like, that would be like if someone took exception, and people have taken exception. They're like, you work at Applebee's, you're the worst piece of shit in the world because you work at Applebee's. I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. I tried making jokes about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially. It's like, yeah. it's such a dumb blanket statement. Like, no, all cops are not bastards. Yeah. Okay. I have, I, as a black man in America, yeah. am friends with a few police officers. Okay. Right. I grew up with some of them. Some I, my my friend Sean is one of the best dudes. He's literally one of the best dudes. He is that dude that's like, I want to clean up these streets, man. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's got something to, a, to prove. To a, yeah, he's got something <laughs> to prove, and he literally is that dude. Yeah, he's that dude, and he's like, I want the, I want the world to be safe. I, you know, I had to see this and this when I was growing up, and I don't want that my kids growing up like you know. that's honorable, man. I get it. Uh, maybe a little disillusioned, perhaps. Yeah. But who isn't about a lot of things? I'm sure about we're all fucking disillusioned. Yeah. We go on a stage and like pretend like we're important and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like we're all a little disillusioned. Yeah, exactly. Just a little. He's I like doing to feel it important time to time. <laughs> he's doing it for like you know for you and you and you. So like he's not a bastard. Yeah. He's the shit, and I will stick up for him if someone's. You know, because he's my friend. As you should. And and so I, I just don't understand these people with these blanket statements that sound like uh, it's like it's like the meme world right. brought into your vocabulary. Boom. They just want this headline, this blurb, this powerful statement right. that ends a conversation and they don't have to think, dig deeper into it. Yeah. This is. All cops are bastards. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. There's yeah. a conversation that needs to be had here. Right. There's something else we need to talk about. Because you're you're a little miss, you know. With everything. Yeah. With everything. Uh, you know, and, and it goes for things that I support, too. So Black Lives Matter, someone has a problem with it. Yeah, let's talk about it. It needs to be talked about. That sounds weird to you. Let's figure out why it sounds weird. Let's talk about it. Let's come, you know, I'm, there is a middle ground that we're both going to be like, you know, seeing seeing each other's perspective. Yeah. But if you just are resting your argument on the statement itself and walking away and not willing to engage in a conversation with somebody and and fucking break it down, then you're just an asshole, you know. Yeah. And it can be said across the board with that, not just that statement, but uh. Like, I remember I was opening up, like, this was during the quarantine. This was during the election, like, when things opened up for the first time, like, a little bit. We were doing outside shows, and I was the election was, like, in the middle, and it was probably low-hanging fruit. I was like, do you vote for Trump? Are you a racist? And some girl that worked at the bar was like, yes. And I was like, do you eat Chick-fil-A? And she was like, yes. I was like, so you hate gay people? And she was like, what? And I was like, I was like, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know? Kind of. In a nutshell, I thought. But uh, I, I think probably, I agree with you. It's uh, like, it's a real crazy Blank thing to just say yes yeah you never met every you don't <laughs> yeah no it doesn't mean you're it could mean so many things there yeah. could be a trillion reasons for doing a thing like voting for trump yeah 
eating at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Fucking what, whatever. There's trillions of reasons. Just be chicken Endless reasons. Yeah. You know? But it's it's across the board. I've heard so many stuff. I remember I was outside. I was hosting a show, a hip-hop show, and uh, this one girl said, I never met one person who smoked crack that is talented. And I took exception. I didn't say anything that <laughs> night. I'm not saying that like I'm a great stand-up comedian. I was like, I can lick my elbow, which is physically impossible. So that's a talent. <laughs> And I can do that. And I also smoked crack before, so shows what you know, lady. Yeah. Shout out to DMX, by the way. Yeah, DMX. So she's wrong. She's wrong. Yeah, DMX. She's wrong. I was actually in rehab with people who were, like, from Allentown, and they were like, you would be surprised how many times I got kicked out of the crack house because DMX was in town. I was like, in Allentown? They are like, all the time. (laughs) That was his spot, dude. Yeah. So straight edge, right? I guess you choose that life at a certain age, right? It just never appealed to you? Um, Yeah, I just never... So, I like I told you before, I grew up in a very religious house, yeah. very religious parents. My dad grew up in a very crazy circumstance, in a, like a very chaotic, violent, yeah, like not not nice place, and um, so I heard a lot of uh, nightmare stories about drugs and alcohol and prostitution and pimping and all crazy stories i heard all of this shit growing up so the idea of like living like a street life i was not about it at all from a very early age listen really not that appealing (laughs) not appealing at all to me so i was not about that kind of life and then uh when my brother introduced me to punk rock and hardcore music my older brother simon and Minor Threat was one of the first bands that he he introduced me to, and I, told, you know, I learned about Straight Edge, and I was like, oh, that's what I am. Yeah, like I, it just was what I am. I always commend people, and I find it fascinating because if there's one thing I hate, and it's not me shitting on Straight Edge people, is when someone calls me Straight Edge. I'm like, no, I was like, those people <laughs> had a choice. If I could, I would be fucking doing drugs till the sun came up. I just don't successfully do it. There's like a few different slogans through the years of straight edge. And one of them was like straight edge. If you're not wait, straight edge. Do you drink coffee? Isn't that like, I do drink coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love coffee. Yeah. Don't people um, consider that not straight. Edge? Some people do. Yeah. I don't that's, obviously, that's but next level like, I don't, to me, it's like, it, are, am I using a drug as a crutch to get high to right. to, to to escape my responsibilities. You know what I mean? I know the feeling. Believe so that to me, that's the difference. That's like the straight edge mentality is like, yeah. I'm just going to face the thing yeah. that to me, to me is what it's all about is just being like present and able to the best of my ability. And I'm still suck at it, yeah. but like being able to like face real life, real situations head on. And it's still a life struggle. Life's terms. Which life on a, life's terms. Yeah, yeah. It's a struggle. I get it. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I can't remember where I was headed with this, but like, that's, I, I, since I was like 13, it appealed to me, 12 years old, 13 years old, it appealed to me to be like, I really don't want to be a drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <Makes> want this. <laughs> I don't want this in my life. Makes sense. And so, if I like declare myself, as this thing, it will kind of protect me. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, as I got older, it just kind of like 
I don't know. I just never yeah. had the desire, man. I, I just never. See the allure just not being there. Even like me, I just had eight years, and it's just the allure's just really not there. And I'm not saying I'm susceptible to it, like it will never happen. But I'm just like, just doesn't seem that entertaining. Yeah, the aspect of it. I I had so many experiences being the only straight edge guy in a band, yeah. or being the only straight edge guy in a group, where I just do not want to do what these people are doing around me. Like I'm so <laughs> over, like, especially when they're your friends and I'm babysitting them yeah. and I'm like, I got to fucking drive these assholes around for the next fucking how, how many hours? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I don't want anything to do with them. The, some people will be like, well, I'm not driving. Yeah. I want to do what they're doing. Exactly. And me, I was like, I don't even want to be here. Yeah, your process of elimination. They're like, yeah. It's yeah, weird. I'm like, I don't even want to be with you guys right now. I'll call you when you're sober. Like, right. you know. I, uh, I Or being on, sometimes it happens like on tour, you know what I mean? Where I'm yeah. on tour and everybody in my band is wasted. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck am I even doing? This is yeah. nuts. You're the bus guy. Tonight. I have oh, to yeah. just drive. My job is to drive these guys around. Like, nobody yeah. cares that I'm not doing what they're what if i wasn't here would somebody bring, step up do you bring equipment in i do bring equipment in See, yeah yeah you shouldn't be that's fucked up you shouldn't be held accountable to be the driver double duty yeah in. yeah and i was playing uh i was probably playing an instrument at the time too so yeah i had heavy equipment back then but like the the appeal was just never there to me so i'm straight edge more of uh out of fear <laughs> there you go. i'm straight edge out of fear of i i believe that i do have an addictive personality yeah. i've just never put certain things that are addictive into me but if i did i feel with probably 97 percent certainty that i would be i would fucking love it yeah, probably most people do. So, so <laughs> I, I think it's for the best that I just maintain my my straight edge, uh, you know, oath clout. or whatever <laughs> clout. Yeah, sure, straight clout. clout. All right. Well, it's been lovely having you here chatting. Um, yeah, that's all we got. There's no dramatic way to end this. So, yeah, it was a pleasure to have you out, buddy. The time. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I, I appreciate no it. Thank you. And. uh Maybe you come on Post-America Podcast one day. Absolutely. I would love to. Let's do it up. Awesome. All right. See you guys. Dude, you ready for the yeah. thing? The bottom. It's just not rolling. I'm sure he'll edit it out. Dad Brown, whatever he's about to say, just make sure this is edited out. We won't be talking around the microphone. What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>